You are listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, welcome to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. My name is Alan Knight, and I'm joined here by Tim Krieger. What's up, my man? Hello, Big Al. How are you today? I'm good. It's summertime. Getting a little warm here in the Carolinas. Actually, it's a beautiful day today. It's about 80 degrees right here, right now in Liberty, South Carolina. It is. Not to confuse the listeners, but the episode was not filmed in these current conditions. No. Uh, But it has been hot and uh, has a couple... Big events here in the Carolinas recently. You want to talk about those and our trip to Charleston? Yes, we could start with that. You've had a couple trips as well. Yep. I would say that uh, our boy Todd over at Wakefield had a uh, a good event. Yep. Before we went to Charleston, I got to shoot up to Raleigh to the country club at Wakefield Plantation. It used to be TPC Wakefield where they play the Rex Hospital Open. And spend a day there admiring the course, filming, and uh, getting to spend some time with Todd Lawrence golf course superintendent great dude yeah it's good to feature a guy like that um you know we get a chance to interact at the conference and show but um somebody like that who's been in the business for so many years who's accomplished a good bit uh working for a great company like mcconnell golf uh, i think that's a fabulous way for a member profile to highlight some folks yeah I, i can tell he enjoys working there and he is he's he's dedicated to that place and obviously i rolled in there i think two weeks prior to the event so he was little busy the staff was a little busy they were building they were about halfway constructed the uh, stands there on the holes and everything just phenomenal phenomenal what they do it's um i guess you know on a national scale it gets the attention but here maybe in the carolinas it's uh it's an unsung hero one of the, the great properties and great events that we uh were able to put out there as a product here yep and uh his staff i got to meet a couple of his guys they were all very friendly just like like i say most of the guys i get to meet Fortunately, are uh, good dudes. Mostly fired up and ready to go, huh? Yeah, especially this time of year. I'd assume they're busy. The uh, thing I like, and it, I'm sure some people get old. I think I've seen some people refer to it as getting old on Twitter, but the slow motion shots of verification. That's your thing, huh? Yeah, that's almost my uh, golf porn, if you would. <laughs> uh, and, you know, also the cup cutters. Let's talk about cup cutters real quick. Now, sure. This is off topic. Where was I this week? Lord, I can't remember where I was. With the WSCGA? Yeah, I guess it Dattal? was Daltal. I guess it was Daltal, the, the cup cutter they had down there. looked like, if you've seen the Marvel movies, the Iron Man 1, where he like custom he makes one, and it's all just metal. This thing was all silver, and it banged. It had like a forceful going down into the hole, but then somehow when they were pulling the other cup, it was it was – very impressive, and that got me thinking about cup cutters. And I want to see cup cutters, from the old cup cutters to the laser beams, sharks with lasers on their head like Matthew Wharton, I think, has up there, you know. Yeah, there's some fancy ones. Right. And there's some yeah. old school ones that still work probably from the 70s. Without question. I mean, it's crazy. I think some of the fun things that I've seen is how the edges wear. And so it starts as a pure circle, but it then has yeah, concave edges to it because you can tell that it's been used for so long. 
Um, but no, yeah, cup cutters. You got to watch that on Twitter. There's a good number of them out there as okay. well. Okay. No, I'll tell you where I was thinking of. Well, the, it was Daltal that had that big metal one, but it was I was also at Country Club of Lexington with Chris Devane. Has he got a fancy one? It, well, it wasn't some, I don't think it's – he did have a fancy cup cutter, but it was his process. They had a mat that they stood on that where the cup goes straight into it. It's my first time seeing it. I'm sure these guys who listen know what I'm talking about, but it was just very meticulous the way they were cutting cups. And then I watched, you know, that spray – going into the white can up top and uh did you not watch some of those promo videos for some of the pga tour events like casey out at texas in the week before that where they're actually using uh, the little baby like makeup scissors like the eyelash scissors to cut I the did. edges around i did yeah yeah that's but, detail correct but this is not the pga tour. correct no i'm with you no 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 it's a it's a process for sure every morning some guys take a lot of pride in it. like you mentioned matthew for instance i think he still cuts all his cups every day Yep, yep, I'm sure he does. Um, I could see him making sure they're in the right spots. And nothing more frustrating as a golfer than you get out there and there is a bad hole sure. somewhere. But Sure. Anyway, tools of the trade just always uh, pick my interest. And cup cutters right now got me particularly. So we didn't get to see a bunch of fancy equipment down in Charleston, but we saw the effects of some of it after our trip down there. How cool was that? Yeah, that Tree. was cool, man. Well, I'm guessing they had somebody else come in and do that for them. Somebody, but sure, but sure. I mean, I, I would be willing to bet their crew was more than likely had to be involved by this magnitude of that tree. Yeah, what Tim's talking about is the Country Club of Charleston. We got to go there on Tuesday prior to the start of the Women's U.S. Open. Correct. And we got to interview our upcoming guest, Paul Corder, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's right by the uh, merchandise tent, was it not? The one we were in. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a lightning strike that um actually someone caught on camera and it actually showed the the physical bolt if you will in a in a still shot that afternoon and then the next morning somebody had gone by and posted before and after pictures where they stood in the exact same place because they took like a picture of the tree yeah and then the next day they had swung by and took a picture of no tree now just a couple little chips on the ground did you hear the history of that tree that was one of the first ones planted after hurricane hugo i believe Okay, after Hugo. Yeah, and uh, it had it's, it was significant for some reason. They uh, they covered that obviously in the. Well, coverage. it had to have come from somewhere because that tree was not that old to have just come up by Hugo. So they obviously had to have moved it from somewhere. Yeah, you know you, you can move trees that size. Did you know that? I'm sure if you got enough money, you can. Yeah, like down at Congaree, they move trees. I think I heard it was significant thirty oh. forty thousand dollars a tree. I figured there was just one club in Georgia moving trees like that. Oh, no, they show a picture of the tree with a Silverado truck parked underneath it, and the tree trunk is as big as the truck. That's the size trees are oh, wow. moving. I thought we were about to do a Silverado commercial thing. <laughs> no, pulled that no they, they roll They use um like uh, these big rubber blow-up elongated things, and they roll the trees on them. Huh, that makes sense. Pretty with roots process. and all. Yeah, yeah, big root ball comes out, yeah. But anyways, back to Charleston. So... I did want to say, personally, for me, I've worked there many years with the Beth Daniel Jr. Zellia. Yeah. So, getting to watch professionals. It's like getting to watch a professional go to your home course, you know. You always want to see how a, a pro toured in the Florence Country Club or Columbia Country Club. Getting to watch the Women's Open was really neat. And seeing them go around the golf course, I know so well. And I think they did. The Country Club did a great job, and I thought it was a good tournament. And you got to, uh, you got to meet – Lexi, you made it on the news. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Got a selfie real quick as she 
Yeah, we actually had a chance to meet her down in Florida one time at a Trump International a couple years back. But um, so yeah, I think the unique thing about the Women's Open versus any of the men's that I've been to is the uh, the proximity to the players and the reality yeah. of of who they are and how they interact with the fans. It was so neat to watch them coming off of the practice green on 18, being right there behind the clubhouse or I'm sorry, the real, the green on 18 during a practice round. Right. Um, coming right off there, signing autographs, hugging folks, taking selfies with folks like me, for instance. I think she's got a good reputation of doing that, being fan friendly. It's amazing, but all of them. I mean, it, it was just amazing to watch. They'd go walking by. Right. Um, from the first tee on up, and it's not like if the men's events where it's all roped off and you never have a chance to even say hello or shake a hand or hardly even get an autograph. I mean, these folks, it just felt like you were part of something as you right. were as a spectator. It was kind of neat. If you were on the cart path between 18 green and 1T, you you stood there for five minutes. You had 10 players walk by you. Yeah. You know, the number golf. one players in the world, top 10 players in the world, Just and you can interact with them. I will say, back to the Lightning real quick, My the closest I've ever come to Lightning, we had to Beth Daniel Jr. Zellia, had a weather delay, and back in the old golf shop, it was small, and everybody – parents and everybody was crammed in there and bucky dudley and i the pro at the time walked outside just to get some air and literally i bet you lightning struck somewhere around 18 green scary yeah and uh happened within five seconds bucky and i looked at each other and walked right back inside oh for sure for sure yeah no it was a good trip looking forward to catching up with paul here one other selfie you took fro boston fro you saw uh, it on twitter yeah boston fro he was working yeah. there and tim couldn't help himself I sat down next to him on the car. He looked like a happy fella. And he's like, what do you need, man? I was like, I'm just going to take a picture with you. You got the best hair today. He yeah. started laughing and said, tag me on Instagram. I'm Boston Fro. Yeah, couldn't find him, though. I would have tagged him. So you heard uh, we talked Paul Quarters coming up. We were down there for an interview with him. It was kind of a surprise thing. We showed up, and he said sure. So uh, Worked out great. Yeah, it was I on the fly. He had four interviews that day. The last one at 4 p.m. was with the Japanese TV. Yep, and we were not going to be the translators. No, I would have liked to have seen that broadcast, though. And, and back to Todd Lawrence, hope you saw his member profile on YouTube, the Carolina's GCA YouTube channel. And uh, also Chris Flowers dropped on June 15th uh, from Sherall State Park. Great dude. Love me some Chris. He's always good to be around. Good people. Down to earth. He is a down to earth dude. And willing to help and loves Carolinas. Oh, without a doubt. And I'll let you know on those member profiles – the superintendent who was highlighted gets to select their own music. So when you wonder what that song came from, that's kind of a, a more of a personality you get to see from that particular superintendent. So if that entices you at all, give us a ring. If you'd like to be featured on a member profile, love to hear from you. Yep. I'll come see you. It's been about a half a day. I won't be very intrusive in and out, in and out. All right. So what do you think? We ready to get to Paul? Yep. Keep this thing kind of tight today. Absolutely. Anything else we need to cover? Nope. Now it's time to welcome in our Pullin' Weed special guest. All right, well, welcome back. Here we are, Episode 7. Excited to be in Charleston, not for the 102-degree temperatures, but for our seventh guest, none other than Paul Quarter. Paul, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us here, especially this week, today. Exciting day. We are here at his shop on Tuesday of the Women's U.S. Open that he's hosting. So, thank you for even entertaining the idea of having us. My pleasure. Media is what we do here at the Country Club of Charleston. Sounds, sounds like you got a day full of it. Yep, absolutely. 
This is one of three so far, so we'll see how it goes. And then you have I don't do well here. Maybe I won't have any more. Wait, you've got one, three, and four scheduled after this, right? Correct. Holy cow. One of those is for Japanese TV. I didn't know he spoke Japanese. I've been practicing ramen noodle. <laughs> We're ready to go. <laughs> so how is this week going? Going good? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's really hot, and it's been uh, dry for quite a while, but... Uh, yeah, we're a little running out of water. We uh, live on uh, runoff from storms and uh, about 180,000 gallons a day of city water when we're willing to spend, and currently we're willing to spend. Yeah. Um, but that's a, uh, not a lot of water for 18 holes of golf. Let's talk about a, a, a tweet I saw from you yesterday. You hate tents. <laughs> yeah, I'm a new tent hater. Join the squad. <laughs> um, never go camping again. It's... Uh, it's amazing how many tents and how much damage the people that put up tents can do. Uh, oh, so it's not just the damage from the tent itself when it's gone yeah, and the ruined surface, but it's everybody that comes and puts them up as well. Yeah, I, I think it take, takes about 4 to 4.3 people per square foot to put up a tent <laughs> for the USGA. It just is this, this, We're not a union state. How is this going on? Well, you have scaffolding, flooring, oh. Oh. tenting generators air condition lighting i mean wow. there's a different group of people for anything you can imagine on the golf course that's not this union it's just a different company they've contracted oh, wow. for all these things the sign people you know they don't put up tents but they do perforate irrigation lines which is nice but uh <laughs> and it's just just it, the, that's the i guess the, the the thing about having an event like this is that we're a small site um not a lot of <clears throat> all the holes touch kind of thing and there's right. no in-between holes for them to ruin they're ruining <laughs> part of the golf course yep. but you know it's bermuda grass uh not quite june it'll grow back quick um as long as we get some rain good for you that's a good attitude to have what you got next uh, i got a uh, vacation to uh, australia in november what do you nice. Mean? What about the golf course? Oh, <laughs> event-wise, nothing. Uh, well, we have the Beth Andrews Junior Azalea in August, um, and the Senior Azalea in October, and then some you know member things. We have aeration the week of the 23rd, 24th of June. So, you know, not much. Just the idea is to get her back in shape and uh, and uh, go on vacation. Let's, let's talk about Beth Daniel real quick. She's going to be a guest as well on the show on the off course version. How you you've known Beth for a while, correct? Yeah, yeah. I met Beth when I was superintendent at TPC Avenel and Potomac, Maryland. We, she she was a guest of an outing. Outing had she played with, uh, kind of stood on a par three and played with everybody. I met her then in the mid '90s, and then when I got here, um, certainly we uh, we've been uh, in contact for 14 and a half years here. Yeah. And although she's not a frequent visitor, she is always with the Beth Daniel Jr. Azalea yeah. and usually a couple more times you know, Christmas or whatever because her mother and father still members her brother's right. member so and Beth Daniel's going to three days now on isn't it correct they added a third day which is uh was a surprise I mean yeah. I didn't I really didn't think the membership wanted to give especially this year right. give up the golf course for any more days um even though they can play after that event in the evenings yeah but, yeah. but it's still a uh, pretty pretty uh, generous of the membership there. it's going to be a uh, that's going to help elevate that on the junior level so that's right. where you two met wasn't it yeah and the Beth Daniel 
Paul scared me so much. I my first year meeting Paul, and hopefully the rest of the interview will go okay, and you don't hate me after I say this, but. I don't remember what happened our first interaction, and my thought was, I'm going to stay away from that guy. I'm just going to not going to be around him. And now I've come to love you, and you're one of my favorite superintendents in all of South Carolina because you tell it as it is. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> although you don't remember, I believe you put one of those uh, tall, flaggy things right through irrigation uh, or <laughs> something cool like that. Be my guest. I don't know. We didn't have the tall flaggy things back then. <laughs> oh, that was after then. I think it might have been. That was another endearing <laughs> quality you had. <laughs> I've never. I remember you had a broken drone we had to fix for you. Now, yeah, that was did, early on. That was early. Now, you have opened yourself up for this, no, so keep going. For the record, I've never poked <laughs> an irrigation line with a flaghead. That was somebody else. Teardrop. Definitely the SCGA. They're remembered for it. You've got the shirt on. I don't think the SCGA ever has. A pokey flag thing. It We do a lot of amateur events. Probably was a Carolina. Oh, that's great. We'll blame them. That's cool. But yes, the drone, you did have your mechanics weld back the battery. It was the first We call it soldering, but you can call it welding. Oh, 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 you opened it up. Oh, this is why so, so let's do this. Let's this do this. Thing. Before we go down the road of history, let's let you tell a little bit about your history. You mentioned TPC. Um, you've been in Charleston almost 15 years now. Why don't you back us up through maybe why you decided not to study cooking and went into turf school? Well, I guess I didn't study cooking because I, I, I hate eating. That's why I'm so skinny. <laughs> um, well done. <laughs> But uh, actually, I uh, worked for, uh, I went to, got a business degree from University of South Carolina, um, worked for Omni Hotel Corporation, got tired of working half days, you know, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Um, in management with them, and I uh, just quit and got a job at Kiowa, fly mowing and cutting oh. grass. Nice. And uh, I was lucky, I met a girl who lived in uh, Washington, D.C., I quit to go up there because I was, you know, infatuated, I reckon. And um, I, I, I met up with Tom Hask, who's superintendent at TPC Avenue. He was gracious enough to hire me as an irrigation foreman, and I'd never fixed the first irrigation pipe in my life, but he liked me. So um, about four years later, I was the superintendent there. Wow. Uh, times were good. It's the early 90s for progressing in the business. Well, uh, <laughs> but we have a common theme here. I can see the irrigation disdain for Alan poking holes now with the big tall flag pipe. But which, never he didn't do. which never happened, not on my okay. watch. Okay. It must have been a different Alan. I'm it? always worried about it. But. You are memorable. Yeah. So let's talk about drone. You fly a drone. I do. I do. I have a drone. I got real excited and thought, man, this would be cool. And it's, it turned out to be an aerial camera. And uh, I don't like taking pictures, <laughs> That's uh, but it comes in handy for documenting golf course changes and and uh, things like that. But I can't say I'm an avid pilot. Um, it just it's taking pictures. Yeah, my assistant's way better at taking pictures than I am. So he uses his drone or my drone, and we go about it that way. But it's a it's a really cool for as cheap as they are. It's a it's a great tool for a superintendent. Right. I mean just. To, document what's going on whether it's uh, trees growing or or grass dying or uh, or construction we've had a lot of construction over the last four years we've changed a lot of stuff right 
Simplot is a leader in bringing new and innovative technologies to the turf management industry, specializing in fertility and plant protection. Simplot has an extensive line of unique and proprietary products that have a great fit in any management program. Most importantly, Simplot is all in when it comes to your success. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. All right, well, let's talk about this real quick. As a tool, as you mentioned, let's, let's, tool slash tip, what's your favorite in your, per se, toolbox of all the toys that you have as a superintendent? And maybe let's answer it for the turf heads as well as, let's say, the common golfer who might not understand what a, whatever may be. Oh, I mean, I think the, the top dresser is probably the number one uh, tool. You know, if you take a lot of other things away, I'd be all right if you give me a, a nice top dresser. Uh, something puts out a lot of sand. You need a top dresser. Need a top dresser. That's yeah. what the homeowners need to hear right now, right? You need to be more top dressing and less chemicaling. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we we like to keep the keep the greens firm, keep the greens fast, smooth. Um, fairways, same way. To, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to do a couple of fairway top dressings every year. We do a lot of approach top dressing to keep that firmness in front. And as they say, dilution is the solution to. Uh, to organic matter buildup, so uh, that's what we do. And uh, every you know, good top dresser does a quick, accurate job is fantastic thing. Do you use the uh, the green sand here on your greens? We do not. We do not. We're uh, we, in lead up to this championship, we were using uh, strictly 85 sand, which is yeah. kind of talcum powderish sand to try to drive some firmness on the greens. Um, but normally we use the uh, Ultra Dwarf Blend, which is 65s and 85s, and then when we aerate, we uh, put a bigger sand in, try huh. to get some more drainage flowing. And that, that's just about, we have champion Bermuda grass, and um, that's just about setting those stolons and keeping them short, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. We cut, uh, you know, cutting heights are kind of hard to measure because everybody has a different mower set up a different way, but um, we mow. Like for this championship, we're only at uh, we're at .090, and uh, we can go a good deal lower than that with the green mowers we have and the same way we set them up. But uh, we don't have to, I don't think. What uh, what they're controlling the speeds, I assume the USGA, or uh, asking to. Yeah, well, trying to, trying to. Um, you know, every green is, you know, they'll give an average green speed, um, because they're they're not, you know, even though we. We try to do a few things to kind of even them out some, but it's it's a losing game to try to get them all the same. It's a range that they want you to stay within, yeah, basically. Yeah. So so we're trying to stay around that 12 and a half for an average. Okay. Some of them will be faster, some of them will be slower. Um, and right now we're just fighting a little bounce back uh, in the afternoon. They they slow down. They're slowing down about eight to ten inches. Mm. So um, growth. What can a you little bit of growth, but a little also a little bounce back from the roller, and, ah, and maybe you. we okay. ditch the roller and just do some extra mowings here in the next couple of days. We'll see. Yeah. With their help, we'll decide what we're going to do there. But uh, but you know, there's a you could also add a little bit of growth regulator or something. But we'll yeah, we're dial you know dialing it in whatever that means. But we're uh, <laughs> we're exp we're trying to figure out the best way to get to where we need to be, and we're close. We're I mean Tuesday morning, so we're. We're hunting around the right uh, field there, but uh, we're just... You couldn't ask for a better lead-up, though, right, in terms of weather. Like, you've been able to control your water content as much as you hate to say it. Well, I've been able to control it 
from getting too wet, that's for sure. Yes. Now, I haven't been able to control it from getting too dry in a lot of spots. Were you like everybody else from last fall to February, just saturated and soaked, and then it just started drying out here? Yeah, it was super wet fall. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember when it turned around and got drier, but it, you know, it was never terrible. The, the greens were a little more open in the fall than we normally have them, but not, nothing major, and they tightened right up as soon as it quit raining. All right, I want to ask you off topic a little uh, about maintenance. The berm out here on the par five right behind us. Is berm the right term? Upside down ditch. Yes. Okay, yes. the upside down ditch. <laughs> do you do anything to that to maintain that? Uh, no. It's just natural. It just, that's a terminal height for 419 Bermuda grass. Hmm. That's as tall as it'll grow. It kind of coils up a little bit, gets some really long runners. Right. But uh, that's as tall as it'll get. How hmm. often you cut it? They don't. Well, one time a few years ago, I had a guy weeded it by mistake. That's it. Enough said. <laughs> and we said. never planted a piece of grass on it. It's just whatever grew on it. You think that'll come into play this week during the open inning? Uh, yeah, I mean, it uh, depends on how how, uh, the how seriously they approach that thing. But you hit it in the fairway bunker. Uh, it's uh, it's in the way. Right, right. You mm. either got to lay up short of that thing or take a chance. Wow. You drive, you drive, drag cars. Just one. Just one. Tell us about that. How how did you get into drag racing? Been doing it since I was a kid, off and on. Um, but when I moved here, I got back around people I grew up with. Um, just seemed a natural thing to do is buy a car and, and build it into a race car. So is this like full did. throttle? Like this, what is that show on A&E or whatever where they're OKC racing? Pink slips? Uh, Street Outlaws. Is Street it. Outlaws. Is that, is it, are you part of a group like that here in no. South Carolina? No, no. I don't, I don't know that there is a group like that in South Carolina, but definitely not. We race on track only. Right. Um, a lot safer to do it that way. Sun up. Um, my racing. car is not as fast as those cars either. Gotcha. What's the fastest you've gone that you're aware of? Uh, we raced eighth mile, um, and the car ran right at about 140 miles an hour in the eighth. Wow. You got a parachute that pops out the back? Should, but don't. <laughs> what are you driving? Uh, racetracks around the uh, south of North Carolina, Georgia occasionally. Let me rephrase that. Closest what one what here. car are you driving oh, on those tracks? I thought you said where did you drive Oh, it? sorry. It's a 1990 Fox Body Mustang with a small block Ford, like 440 cubic inch small block Ford. You do all of it yourself? Nitrous oxide. Yeah. How often do you buy tires for that? Every race? Every season at least. Okay. Um, no, we run a, I run a street legal tire on the car. It's really not what you would want to run on the street and they cost an awful lot of money right and they wouldn't last very long on the street but uh but no it'll, it'll last, they'll last a, a season at the pace that you know at the at the kind of amount of racing i do um, do you have sponsors or you just nope no, nope. All no it's pocket. just a just a hit and giggle kind of thing for us where do you get your fuel from track uh no i buy it from a, a local supplier i use renegade racing fuel wow it's about 15 dollars a gallon Wow. Not bad. I didn't realize you could buy a race and fuel around here. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you can also buy the tracks, but it comes in five-gallon pails or 55-gallon drum. Wow. What's it, What are you going to expend in a race, fuel-wise? Uh, it takes about a gallon and a half every pass. Ah, okay. And then nitrous oxide at $6 a pound. Are you yeah. refilling that yourself? They throw in about four pounds of that. 
every pass. Any bad wrecks ever? Nope. Good. You got never touched anything. Do you have a favorite track? Or like I know Darlington is different than Charlotte. Darlington's awesome. Charlotte, never been there. It's the fancy four wide. Right, um, right. We don't go that kind of place. It's a little fancy for us. Um, but local track here in Dorchester, South Carolina, it's a lot of fun. Um, South Carolina Motorplex in Kershaw? Orangeburg okay. is a really nice track. Carolina Dragway up in Jackson, South Carolina, really nice track. I was with Alex on Thursday, and he mentioned that you had uh, said something to him in Orangeburg the last time that came up in conversation, that motorplex over there in Orangeburg. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, new owners last year, I think. So. so when you say a season, how many races are you doing? Well, this year, uh, not so many so far. Usually I, usually I put a lot of weekends in in the spring and then uh, take the summer off because it's just a little hot and then uh, go back in the fall. But, uh, you know, probably... 15 weekends a year average you do hotels you got a camper no no we, we're one day racers man we're there and back we tow it up race and come home wow open trailer pickup truck family affair or just you me and friends high school high school friends we're all getting too old though so it won't be too many more years before we sell it off <laughs> that's cool though man so that's yeah. so where did you grow up in south carolina then james island oh right really down here then here. Yeah. yeah okay yeah. neat yeah. So you're home home then. Yep. That's why I came back. Oh man, that is that's an awesome part. I never realized it. What was the first car you ever drove? Uh, 1966 Mustang. Wow. Still own it. Really? Mm-hmm. What a story. That Can I ask how many Mustangs you own? Just two. Okay. Oh, we talked about them both. Good. Do you still drive the original 66? 66 occasionally. It okay. doesn't have air conditioning. It makes it a little tough right now. Yeah. But it has a fuel injected, supercharged five liter engine. I mean it's completely redone it's really nice wow way nicer than when i bought it how cool is that and you kept it the whole time or did you sell it and then rebuy it had it the whole time that's awesome did it move with you has it been down to charleston no went up north came back you worked and technically i guess when you were avalon you worked for the tour correct avanel yeah i was a pga tour employee never felt better when i set up my direct deposit at uh, navy federal credit union and i had my check and it said PGA Tour Properties Incorporated. The lady asked me if I was a golf pro. I said, I'm a dang poor one for $512. That's great. Oh, Two wow. weeks of golf, golf pro and $512 or whatever. Holy cow. So how many um, would you say tour events then or USGA events since this isn't really a tour event, if you will, that you've been involved with? Uh, I guess eight with the tour or nine counting the we I, I went out and helped with the Phoenix Open ah um and uh two two USGA so uh, a reasonable amount this is we had the women's amateur in 13 and we're gonna have this this year and hopefully that's a hopefully that's it you and I had a discussion about this a year or so ago about the women's am- difference between the women's amateur and the women's open and how the amateur was longer because of the the stroke play then match play yeah that's a it's a slog plus it's uh you know it's a we did it with our own staff no volunteers um wow and it's obviously not the prestige of the event but after and but it was a lot of mowing grass um and our guys got uh, a little worn out yeah 10 days into and cutting morning and night and 
Yeah. Just uh, and the USGA, leaning on our guys. I would imagine USJ was kind of vetting you for the Women's Open because it wasn't awarded yet, I don't believe, here. Well, yeah, it definitely wasn't. Um, but I don't think that was the case. I think we stepped in. Another club had had that amateur. I don't remember what club, but another club had had it and backed out. Okay. And, um, and we offered. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's the only reason. And then they had a successful event. Right. They liked being here, um, and they would consider us for a future event. Uh, club board at the time made sure they knew we were interested, perhaps holding something um, else. And uh, they oh. came to us and, and, and said, you know, we'd, we'd really like to. We uh, kind of have the women's open, and, but we, you know, we were con thinking about the senior men, but we're a little too short for senior men. Wow. But we're uh, pretty good for women. Women. So, so they're at Old Chatham this year, right? Here in a couple months. Yeah, pretty exciting there too. So that's interesting that they had both options right here, kind of lined up, if you will, the same year, and just from making up their mind, and they were both in the Carolinas. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they were. Like I said, we're just uh, they they want seven thousand seventy one hundred, I think, for those guys, and we just can't get there here unless we buy a lot of extra houses and build some land. We just right. can't. Can't so you, do it. You talked about volunteers. How many you got down here this week helping you? Uh, it's in the area of 20. Um, had a few guys drop out with uh, some either health concerns or, or uh, events at their own golf courses. But we're right around 20. And we have a staff uh, right now about 25. So we're in you the area. You we're in the area of 50. Did yeah. you get what you needed? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, no worries there. Yeah. Not too many That's to deal with. enough the size of this property. You know, if we had a, a lot bigger footprint and we had a lot of landscaping to redo after people tromp through it and all that stuff, we just don't. You know, we're, the golf course is presented pretty much the way the members play it. You know, there's no extra mulch under trees. You know, there's nothing to okay. change the, the only, golf course from the way the members play it. The only change is behind 12 green. You can't go out of bounds. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to hit it OB this week. 13. 13, yeah, you can't go out of bounds there. That's right. You're doing them a favor. And in behind 11 green, they put a uh, grandstand on one side and a TV tower on the oh, other. That's huge. So if you hit it into those, you get to drop too. So yeah. That's, that's nice too. Those are also player benefits, as I we call them. That well said, player benefit for sure. I mean, I hit a great shot into that hole one time, and yeah, it was over there in the apartments. Do you have any advice for an up-and-coming superintendent? Um, I don't know any particular advice except for, you know, I've always thought this is a great field to uh, to, to be noticed in because your hard work will be noticed and you will be rewarded. Um, they're just, uh, I mean, they're, I don't think it's terribly hard to be an all-star in this field. Um, if, you, if you have a good eye, you can kind of see what the problems are and you work hard. I mean, it's, we need those people and you'll do well. Beautiful. Got to be able to manage a team, though, right? Got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, um, yeah, but a lot of that's learned, and uh, and but if you if you work hard and you have the the ability to identify the problem, you're gonna you're gonna learn the other part of it. As long as you know, I mean, I, granted, there's some people who may not, but um, <laughs> but uh, that that's a learned part. That's a that's a that's a lesson for all of us. I don't think there are a lot of natural born leaders. We all have to learn that somewhere along the way. How hard is it for you to source people down here? 
Uh, that's the biggest challenge in the business thing for everybody these days. So you're it's having really hard challenges. Yeah, you know, we pay a decent wage. We have great benefits, and it's just, you know, what I think is a is a pretty good starting wage. You know, they can make the same or a dollar more at Walmart or or Chick Fil A and yeah. uh, work indoors. Um, but uh, you, you gotta know. find those kids with the passion. Right. Still want to be outside and doing it. Yeah. yeah. Show them it's cool to do again. You know, like you say, the early '90s, it was. It was it was a really a saleable position because you could move upward quickly, and you oh, had guys that you could tell coming up through school says, "Hey, man, in six years you could be doing this." I mean, people were assistant superintendent right out of college. I know guys who got a job and never worked on a golf course except for intern, right into assistant's position. Yeah. Back then, it was uh, it was kind of crazy. Nothing wrong with this generation place. having to earn it though, and learn a little bit and work from the ground up. No, no, I think it's valuable. I, I mean, I. I weeded, then mechanic, then went to school, and then... Uh, then went to irrigation without any yeah, irrigation knowledge. Yeah, no knowledge, just the... Hard work. Uh, so, Alan, when you come on vacation, if you pass through Columbia and then the Greenville area, you can take a look at his yard, and I got a little irrigation spot over mine, too. You could... <laughs> See, I had, winter, I had winter kill, and Palm did not have that problem. You had Roundup kill. No. You sprayed Roundup in your front yard. Too many people talking about the wrong things. <laughs> Anyway, we need to let him go. We have t- occupied oh, enough yeah, of this time. Right. I'm sorry. It is U.S. Open week, Women's U.S. Open. Thank you, Paul. I can't wait to uh, get out there and look at the golf course finally. My pleasure. been a great time. Uh, thanks for coming down. And uh, as long as we don't screw anything up, it's going to be a great championship. Yeah, I can't thank you enough, honestly, especially when we just walked in the door with no plan to do this and kind of hornswaggled your time. So, yeah. um, Godspeed. Good luck this week. And there's been nothing but rave reviews leading up to it. And everybody that we've seen on property said the same thing, that the product's presenting itself, as you said. Yeah. We've had a great spring. Well, kudos to you. Look forward to a good champion coming out of here. Thank you, Paul. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Alan. Well, that was a great interview with Paul. I appreciate him making the time, especially, like you say, on a Tuesday where um, they are competing here uh, to host the Women's National Championship here in just a couple of days. It's impressive that they are actually hosting the women's u.s open and uh it's some you know paul's a great dude i've known him for a while and i'm glad we got the opportunity to come down here and do this i'm glad the two of y'all finally figured out that racing is a passion that you share just in different forms some of them have circles some of them don't yeah say so you drive race cars he said just one that's paul quarter yeah. up and down so yeah, just one yeah just one <laughs> that's why i love him but i will say it's been fun this summer to watch the uh the koozie uh parade across not only america but canada so, yep, and t-shirts, seeing some t-shirts cross the border too. It's awesome. Soon enough, you will see. Hopefully, um, maybe even by the time this drops, the availability of some pulling weeds hats, the Richardson one twelve and one eleven, should be available for sale. Um, in I think five different colors, if I'm not mistaken. By the time you hear this, I can't wait to see those. Thank you all for listening. And always remember to follow us on the social media, on Twitter at pulling underscore weeds and on facebook yeah facebook pulling weeds podcast pulling weeds podcast without the g p-u-l-l-i-n we covered that on episode one if you're curious why we don't have the g that's right thank you for listening always appreciate it good luck out there growing that grass tending to the earth can't wait to see you guys or actually have you uh, listen to us for episode eight Probably have uh, Mr. John Jeffries from Pinehurst Number 2 on or maybe even Mr. Charlie Spears from down at Cherokee Plantation. Hmm. Can't wait to go either one of those. Maybe both. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Pull and Weeds, brought to you by Simplot. Please follow us on Facebook at Pull and Weeds Podcast. Keep up with all your association news and events at carolinasgcsa.org.